This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining me today for our daily Bible study. I'll be reading from the World English Bible, and we are in James chapter 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brother, when you fall into various temptations, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, James simply describes himself as a servant. He writes to the church that has been dispersed because of persecution, and he tells them they can have joy in trials or temptations, in their test, because when they come out of it, they'll have developed something. They'll have endurance. And then God will use this to mature them and perfect them. Basically, when you go through a test, a trial, you get stronger. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith without any doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. For that man shouldn't think that he will receive anything from the Lord." He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. But let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his high position, and the rich in that he is made humble, because like the flower in the grass he will pass away. For the sun arises with the scorching wind and withers the grass, and the flower in it falls, and the beauty of its appearance perishes. So the rich man will also fade away in his pursuit." Blessed is a man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to those who love him. And so, James' advice would run contrary to emotion. Think if you were intensely persecuted, how easy it would be to feel despondent or to give up hope. How how do these tests, how can you count them as joy? Well, you have to have faith in God and wisdom to see beyond your present circumstances. If you lack wisdom, God will give it to you. You just have to ask in faith. You can't waffle between trust and unbelief. So if you're in a low place, glory in the fact that you're chosen by God. You're blessed. And those that are rich and this world's good need to be humble because riches are temporary. If a man isn't rich towards God, he's poor indeed. And so... He's looking to the end of the matter, not just to the moment. So he says, you're blessed if you can endure temptation because when you're approved, you're going to receive a crown of life because you love the Lord. Verse 13, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God can't be tempted by evil and he himself tempts no one. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust and enticed. Then the lust, when it has conceived, bears sin. The sin, when it is full grown, produces death. Don't be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom can be no variation nor turning shadow. Of his own will he gave birth to us by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures." The cry of our day is, uh, don't judge me. And people in various ways say, I was born this way. Everything from sexual sins to addiction to uh, their temperament um, to being outspoken. I'm just the kind of person who's going to tell you what I think. We act as if our decisions and 
our personality are are locked in and, and not malleable at all, like we have no control. But that is not what the scripture says. When we're tempted, we can't blame God. We're tempted because we've allowed ourselves to be enticed. And then that lust will bring sin, and then sin will bring death. Sin and death is is not the will of God. He doesn't tempt anyone. He's the giver of life. He gives good gifts. And so we're supposed to be his first fruit. That's his will for us, his initial harvest before he redeems creation and all things are made new. And so we can be, be we can be born again by the word of truth. The answer to to the condition that we're in is to be born again. Verse 19, so then, my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting away all filthiness and overflowing of wickedness, receive with humility the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not only hearers, deluding your own selves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer... He is like a man looking at his natural face in a mirror, for he sees himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of freedom and continues, not being a hearer who forgets, but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks himself to be religious while he doesn't bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this man's religion is worthless. Pure religion and undefiled before God, our God and Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained by the world. So as mature Christians, we must uh, we must be quick to hear the word of God. Uh, we have to have a heart to receive exactly what he says to us. And, and on the contrary, we have to be slow to anger. We have to be slow to speak. Speech. We have to be careful of uh, what we say and how we respond. Um, we have to put aside wickedness and repent so that we can humbly receive the word. You've got to, to really hear from the word of God. You've got to have your heart right. That connection is made from the Old Testament all the way through the New. Jesus referenced it repeatedly. You can't hear when your heart is hard. So you have to humble yourself to receive the word of salvation. And it isn't enough just to hear and say, well, yeah, I, I heard it. I, I believe it. But you have to be a doer of the word if you're going to be blessed. And so he gives an example of pure religion when the word has been effective in our life. And he said pure religion involves self-control. You have to bridle your tongue. It it, it involves compassion. You have to minister to people when they are afflicted, and holiness. You have to keep yourself unstained from the world. That's when you've really got something, and that's something that God can bless. That's that's when you become a doer of the word. Whenever I control myself, whenever I help others, and whenever I keep myself from the world, then I know that the word is having an impact in my life. Let's pray that that happens right now. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that your word would have uh, a tremendous impact in the life of everyone that's listening, that you would purify us and change us, cleanse our hearts, our minds, our hands, Lord. Help us to live for you. Help us not just to abstain from evil, but to do that which is good. Give us wisdom, Lord, to see the end of the matter, not to be tossed back and forth by our circumstances, but to commit our ways completely and entirely to you. We pray it all in Jesus' name. 
God bless you. Thank you for listening. Join me again tomorrow for another episode. <music>